Alright, welcome back to the Sports Commute. My name is Dan, alongside Matt. What's going on? We got a guest today. We have the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the, the, you're the fuel man for the 45, yeah? Yes, sir. Fuel man for the number 45 Toyota. Wow, I almost said, I, McDonald's I, almost, I almost said Supra. It's, a, it's still a Camry, I believe. Uh, actually, it's uh, the 45 is a Chevrolet. For the, I'm actually on the Xfinity team, the 45 Xfinity oh, car. Oh, jeez, I thought you were. My bad. I thought you were on the on the uh, the um, the Cup team. That's that's yeah. I should have done my research a little bit more. The number <laughs> the number 45 Chevrolet, uh, Mr. Dave Vinesett. How you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm on the uh, 45 Xfinity car for uh, Alpha Prime Racing and uh, Stefan Parsons. Very nice. Oh, very nice. So, um, first thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, you know, what happened, I believe it was two weeks ago, the incident that occurred at the racetrack there involving you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough night. Um, we, we finally made it through it, but on our first pit stop, we were going to do four tires and, uh, adjustment with, uh, two cans of fuel. And, uh, as we were coming into our pit stall, uh, right ahead of the number two car, the 21 car was right behind him and he came out and he clipped, uh, our car in the right, uh, left quarter panel and spun us completely around. And, uh, when he did that, uh, our driver was actually that weekend was Cesar Baccarella and he came right at me with the front of the nose of the car. Uh, my feet actually went under the splitter. Um, I put my left hand down to try to go ahead and brace myself because I thought it was going to get really bad real quick. Uh, at that same time, I lost control of the gas can and as much as I could with one arm hold 95 pounds of gasoline uh, down to the ground. And then uh, somehow or another, just to make a long story short, got around to the opposite side of the car, which would have been the normal side of the car unless we were going to a road course with opposite you know, fuel stops. Uh, put the can, put the can in, and uh, turned around, got the second can, uh, got it back in, and uh, Caesar did a complete three. Well, I guess one eighty, and uh, headed back out pit road. Now, that on its own is impressive, but it's especially impressive coming from. Uh, I don't know if this is this is rude the way the way it sounds. Someone someone who is who is your age. Uh, I don't mean to sound rude, but it is it is quite impressive. No, it's not. Uh, it's not rude at all. Uh, I am uh, and have just turned sixty-two that weekend at Daytona. Uh, so I am probably, if not one of, if not the oldest fuel man actually on pit road today. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's very impressive to see you know someone at sixty-two kicking it around as a pit crew. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a good run for me. I, I think uh, at, at the beginning of the year, I had made plans to retire and enjoy the uh, uh, retired life, enjoy my family and kids and get out on the boat more, do a little bit more fishing and uh, just relax. But uh, the more and more I get into the season, then the guys that I work with are literally half my age and they keep me pumped up. And so we may try to go one more year and uh, see if we can get, uh, you know, another one done. So uh, it's... Uh, it, I think it, in, in all aspects of it, it's the old Marine in me. Uh, I was a Marine Corps drill instructor and was in the Marines for 10 years. And I just have that do or die 
type attitude and of course <laughs> came close to dying you know last saturday night but uh it's uh you just kind of adapt and overcome try to get the best you can and do the best you can yeah, absolutely. absolutely now d- does the dangers of being a pit crewman like obviously before you know this weekend i'm sure i'm sure this weekend you had you know some some uh you know hesitation going out on a on a pit box there Actually, uh, to be honest with you, you just have to put that out of your mind. And, uh, you know, Darlington is a crazy place anyway. Uh, We had just uh, come in and done one pit stop, and then we got the big rain delay. And, of course, you worry about whether or not people are going to get stopped good on pit road after a rain delay. And uh, I I just tried to put it out of my mind. I mean, the thought is always there, but when you – hear him coming down pit road and they say they're 10 away and then the crew chief takes over calls him in five away and uh next thing i know i'm sticking a can inside the nozzle on the car and hopefully and uh good lord's looking after us uh everything goes well and according to plan yeah yeah it makes sense now um how long have you been have you been a, a member of the pit crew there I've been uh, I've been in racing all my life. I actually raced uh, go karts, motorcycles, dirt bikes, uh, dirt cars, and late model and street stock race cars. But uh, I pitted for late models uh, many years, fueling for them, and I also did modifieds. But as far as NASCAR, from ARCA all the way up to the Cup Series, uh, I have been doing this now right about nine years. This is this will be my ninth season. That's very impressive. Now, I mean, when you when you first started, were those were those uh, thoughts about your own safety were they were, were they worse or did they never have an effect on you when you started? It, if you're in this business long enough, something's going to happen. Um, if you're scared to get out there, so the guys that jump off the wall, I've seen them get hit by the car. I've seen them, you know, knees buckle. I've seen them. Uh, the cars get a, you know spin around kind of like they did on us last Saturday night, and they just you know things happen. And and I've had a gas can pick it up one time, and the cap popped off on me in Michigan a few years back in a truck race, and it dumped about six gallons down my face mask and my fire suit and everything. So I had to lay it down, and uh, you know hopefully nobody <laughs> had a Parker anywhere, any, you know, close to us, uh, or I'd have been a crispy critter. But you, you kind of put those things behind you. You kind of not try to think about them. Uh, it, it's always there. Um, one of my good friends, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he was in a cup deal, and they hit the back lug nut, and somehow or another, it just did not go on tight enough, and it skipped and sparked, and a little bit of fuel was down there, and next thing you know, his left leg was on fire, and the firefighter was putting him out, so uh, as soon as the firefighter put him out, he said, thank you, and uh, he went on about a bit about his business, so we, we kind of put that out of our mind as much as possible, but when it happens, we just have to be able to react and uh, hopefully come out on the best. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's probably the best way to look at it. I mean, I probably... As soon as that happened, I probably would have sat down and said, hell, no more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you see a car coming at you at 55 miles an hour in the wrong direction, uh, you know, knowing that it could be very ugly, but, uh, 
You know, it's just uh, when I look through the windshield and Caesar could see my eyes and I could see his, and I think both of us were like, oh, crap, here it goes again. You know, just hope everybody makes it through it. But we did. We survived and uh, came back and did three more pit stops that night, and uh, we busted off a pit stop at about 14 and a half seconds, which was pretty good after the night that we had. That's very impressive. Yeah, so being a crew guy, you guys are basically, your job is judged by how fast you can go. How how do you guys like your training regimen? How does that go from the off season to, I don't know, the end of the year? How do you guys do that? Well, at the end of the year, of course, everybody's ready to relax, and everybody will go and take off. And like, like I said, the the last week of the season, we're done. Uh, I'm going to the Bahamas for three days, so I'm looking forward to that. But then you come back. Now, um, the day I come back, I actually will have knee surgery on my right knee, uh, where I twisted it in Daytona. Uh, but it'll be better, and uh, I'll start working back out again sometime. That, end of November, 1st of December, and then just try to get ready to go again in February. And during the week, we try to work out and do as much as we can. And we have practice a couple of times a week. And uh, we just work hard to try to get everything done and continuously work to that 13 and a half second pit stop, which, you know, we've hit a couple of times this year and uh, it, it makes, makes for the good for the whole team. Yeah, I mean... So from the beginning of February to almost the end of November, you guys are racetrack to racetrack. How does your, I'd say, how does your week go from week to week traveling from different tracks? Well, um, most of the time, uh, we'll I do the I do trucks also for uh, Timmy Hill. I'm um, his gas man for his team. Our, our same crew actually works for that truck team, uh, and so we go do the truck race. We'll do the Xfinity race uh, at the beginning of the season. I was actually Greg Biffle's uh, fuel guy. Uh, at the beginning of the year, and of course, that team kind of went away at the end, middle last. I think they ran three or four races and went away. So, uh, but there's rumors that they may be back. But uh, you you go from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and some of us on Sundays. Uh, you work the racetrack all weekend long. You turn around, you come home. Monday is usually the downtime day. Uh, I usually try to get on the boat and go fishing and do something and relax and recover. Sure. Um, Tuesday, you're back in working out. Wednesday, we're at practice. Uh, we go to practice and uh, and work out, and then we uh, also have uh, practice again on Thursday before, or excuse me, yeah, Thursday before we leave. Um, and if we're not leaving until Friday, we'll have a good full blown practice on Thursdays, and then we go out again. And like I said, this runs from uh, February to, to to November, the first week in November, which is about thirty weeks. So, yeah, I mean that's. That's true dedication right there. Well, you have to love this sport, and you have to have the, um, I don't know what to say. I, I, it, you, you either love it or you don't. And you either have to have a desire to be playing with race cars or you don't. Um, and I, I see a lot of guys out there that they want it, but then they don't want to really work for it to continue to go. I've got a lot of friends of mine that started out when I did, and these guys now are one of my good friends, Brandon Banks, is a jack man for Kevin Harvick, and he has done an exceptional job over there. Uh, Ernesto Holden is a great friend of mine. He was a tire carrier with me when we first started out, and he is now on a 51 Cup car. So there's, there's a 
bunch of guys that that we worked together. We used to work for the nineteen um, truck team with Derek Krause, and all of those guys, you know, younger of course, have decided to move on and have signed contracts with other teams, and they're working out and doing great. Uh, you know, it, this is a young man's sport. Now I say that, but then I say this. I'm not going to leave until either they make me leave or I want to leave. And I'm going to leave when I want to go do it, and I'm going to do it the right way. Fair. Yeah. All right. So, out of out of this season, I mean, you know, I'm sure when you're on the when you're on the wall there, you're not so much paying attention to the race as you are getting ready for the next stop. Um, but have you had a favorite race that you've that you've seen or a favorite racetrack you've been to? Uh, I don't know. The, the Daytona 500 this year was, was a great race for me. I'd never pitted at the Daytona 500. Uh, the duel was, was crazy because we had a new team and we were, we were running on old equipment, but the 500 was good. I uh, enjoyed it. I enjoyed the feeling of it. Um, it was just like, it's something I've always wanted to do when I was a kid and I thought back about it and I was like, God, like it'd be great just to be a pit crew member or, you know, or even be a fan at, at the Daytona 500. Well, uh, about seven or eight years ago, I was actually, you know, able to get started in this and, and doing this. And, and I was a fan about 10 years ago. And I was like, when I walked out on pit road this year to Daytona 500, it's just about, you know, chills come up on your neck and on your arms. And uh, but I, if I had to pick a race that we were in and we were working in, uh, it would have to be this past weekend with Stefan Parsons. That guy drove the wheels off this car. Um, the seventeenth place finish does not show what we were truly uh, and, and indicatively of being able to do. He had a tenth place or better car. But we were we were tough in the in the long run, but we kind of fell short in the short runs, and unfortunately, uh, we got a caution there late, and we were coming to the front, and uh, we ended up getting marred up and kind of caught up in traffic, and then the car just came to us, uh, you know, at the wrong time, and getting a caution, and then we ended up having to fall back a little bit. Yeah. Well, can't uh, can't win them all. Well, and I, I guess if I had to say one thing, when I first started this years ago in ARCA, um, I think that was one of my favorite races because that's my first time I ever picked up a gas can and put it in a race car on a NASCAR circuit type deal. Um, it was for Andy Sice, and uh, it was the O2 car. And so a buddy of mine got me the job, and I went out there and plugged it in, got Andy full of fuel, Turned around, came back across pit road and or pit wall and sat down and I happened to go to the back of the pit box and looked at my phone and there were probably 15 or 20 text messages going, hey man, what car are you pitting tonight? And I said, the O2. Well, the next thing I know, I've got pictures coming across where people were taking it on TV and showing up my only pit stop. I was the only pit stop they showed of a pit crew that entire night. Well, that's very cool, man. So, go ahead. No, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Happens a lot, yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> wow, man, this is. I really just lost everything I was thinking of. You're starting to act like me, and I, I'm I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but you're not even close. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> 
That's fair. Only 21. Um, oh, man. Right, so... Um, you started pitting late model cars. Did you have to reach out to teams, or were teams, you know... Are there are there NASCAR pit crew scouts? How does how does that work? Well, back when I first started all this, um, I, of course, I had my own late model and street stock and different ones that, that I did. Like, you get a lot of good friends when you race against guys that work in the racing business. Uh, a real good friend of mine, Jimmy Wallace, is now uh, the head of the ECR engine department. Uh, he is over at ECR Engines. And he is a very good late model racer, an exceptional modified driver. Um, and so I got in with him. He started helping me with my late model deals. I got to help fuel for him and work on the cars and pit for him. Uh, and it just kind of took off from there. I got into the right places at the right time. Um, I worked for NASCAR Racing Experience as one of the mechanics uh, and one of the shop foremans over the shop there and was able to get into that. And of course, uh, my best friend that uh, I have now that's in NASCAR, uh, John Francisquino, his brother and I served at Paris Island as drill instructors years ago. So that's how I got into NASCAR. John was a hauler driver for Roush Racing. And so we got into that and John was able to come across and get me that job for um, Andy Sice, and it just took off from there. Yeah. So you said you've worked on trucks, Xfinity, and some cups. So what would you say are you know some of the differences you've seen in the three different types of cars? Um, I, the, well, the biggest thing that I've, I've done all four series. I've done Arca, I've done trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. Um, couple years back I was doing cup races and that was back when we had the five lugs and and I think it was a little bit easier on the gas man um, because you knew exactly uh, you know how long you had when they hung that right side set of tires to get out of the way get the second can get back over nowadays they're having to wait on fuel uh, because of the one lug system Um, you know and I I, kind of have a I have a feeling that they will continue to try to work on the way the fuel flows and the way that they're able to get the car, the fuel into the car uh, with these new pit stops. Uh, but me, as being the older guy around, I'm enjoying still the five lug deal, and uh, I was able to uh, enjoy it as well in the truck series as well as ARCA. And I just think those kind of changes, if, if, and that's one thing I'd like to say too, because if, if you're a guy that's in this business or a girl, and there's a lot of them, um, you have to be able to adapt and overcome and go with the changes. Because if you're planning on going to the highest level in this this business and this sport, you're going to have to come to the level of being able to go from five lugs to one lug to be able to put a gas can and dump, you know, 12 gallons and less than five seconds. Uh, hopefully they'll get that to where it'll be a little quicker before long. And you just have to be able to hang a tire, drop a jack, and be able to go at the just just super fast. I mean, that's where it's gotten to be anymore now. I mean, look at Joe Gibbs and their teams now. They're actually doing pit stops at eight and a half seconds. I mean, we're talking... 13 and a half is what we shoot for on the five lugs on the Xfinity and trucks. These guys are changing four tires, making an adjustment, putting fuel in, and they're done and gone in eight and a half to nine seconds. 
and that's that would that used to be unheard of. So I think that people, you know, when I look at it, you just have to be able to go from if you can't if you can't handle it down here, there's no way you're going to be able to handle it up there. So you have to adapt and just be able to go with the flow, work with the changes, put your mindset to it, and do the best that you can. And and uh, if you believe you can do it, I promise you, you put your mind to it, you can do it. Eight and a half seconds. That's that's like any car numbers. I didn't even realize Joe Gibbs was getting down that fast. Well, there, if you'll look at their pit stops, if you'll look at the 11 cars pit stops compared to some of the Chevy pit stops in Cup, you'll see that when they go go around, everybody but the gas man goes around the front of the car. The guy that changes the, the rear tire and the guy that changes the front tire and the jack man and the carrier, when they come back around to the left side of the car, the guy that changes the rears on the other side of the car is now the front tire changer. The guy that was on the front tire is now the rear tire changer. Okay, now they've got it down to a science on that. Now I watched Hendricks this weekend uh, on Chase Elliott's car, how the gas man stood back about three and a half feet and stretched putting the gas in the, in the car, and the rear tire changer came around the back and dove under him and made that change on the left rear side. So there's different strategies, different scenarios that they do. But, yeah, Gibbs is running eight and a half to nine seconds. Jesus Christ. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure how much, how much insight you may have into the, into the R&D side of, of the NASCAR um, crew, crew material. But has there, as far as you know, has there been any talks of, you know, Maybe uh, transitioning to the IndyCar fuel style system with the um, with the giant hose that just comes out of the out of the pit box there. No, I, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not privy to any of the R and D stuff, but we haven't even heard any rumors of anything like that. Um, as far as you know, the fans love the pit stops that we do, uh, but you know they they had to adjust to the one lug system. Uh, NASCAR did a great job to be able to, to get that in, in, implemented and. You know, the fan, it, it's working, and, and it's starting to wear and, and grow on the fans. But they love that style of pit stop that we do. And if they do anything of that sort, it will be years to come. But uh, there's not even – I've not even heard any talk on, on pit road about any of that. Just checking. Sometimes sometimes those, uh, those reporters don't always, you know, hear what you guys hear. Nah, those they. I'm telling you, it, it, the best one on pit road is Bob Pockris. And if you listen or follow Bob Pockris, you, you Bob says it 99.999 percent, which I don't think it couldn't be. Probably could be 100 percent. Bob tells it like it is, and if he hears it and he reports it, then it's it sure is true. You can take it to the bank. Oh yeah, we've talked to Bob before. He's a great guy. He knows he's yeah. he's the weatherman. We like to call him during those rain delays. He's just sitting in front of the radar. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy, and uh, he, uh, like I said, if he says it, you can pretty much take it to the bank and know that it's gold. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, so you just said the difference between the stops of the next-gen car and the older style, the Xfinity type of cars. Like, I can't believe how much it's changed from 
I don't know, maybe 10 years ago where the cars were so different and then there was all the different pit guns and then the everything of how much technology has advanced. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's really it's really gotten uh, as far as the Cup Series. I mean, it's really advanced tremendously. I mean that that one lug gun is amazing. Uh, the first time the guys went to uh, when we went to pit practice over, we actually went over to Joe Gibbs to train on the guns and and the different you know how the new gas flow was and everything on for uh, the 44 car Greg Biffle earlier in the season and when those guys grabbed a hold of those guns they're heavy they're a lot heavier than the guns that they use in Xfinity and trucks um, they are very fast and you if you're not careful literally you could probably sprain a, sprain your wrist or even pop it pretty good if you don't have your hand on there and able to do it but uh you know once these guys practice it and uh, get it down they pretty much got it and i and i think you've seen a lot less of uh, the tires or the wheels coming off uh you know in the last few weeks maybe a couple months uh, they've gotten better at that they've gotten things worked on on that where they can notice whether or not a wheel's tight and, yeah. and nowadays the, the the guy that hangs her the the left front is basically holding that driver until he he can see that everything is good so when that jack drops and they're good absolutely yeah now have you been a fuel man the entire time you've been a crew member or you uh have you tried them all what's uh well, I'll tell you this. I've tried hanging some tires some at practice, but uh, I don't. I don't want that job. And uh, a few weeks back, I was a in Arco when we had the controlled five minute pit stops. They had me jacking the car and also fueling the car. Um, and so I went around and jacked the car up on both sides and came back around. And I'm gonna tell you, I have a lot of respect for our jack man. Uh, a lot of respect for our changers and my tire carrier. I mean, he's holding. Two sixty-five pound tires running out in fifty-five mile an hour traffic, uh, and uh, really, I only have to worry about getting out to one side of the car with ninety-five pounds of gas. Um, you know, everybody, everybody says, "Oh, you're, you're walking around with a bomb on your shoulder." Well, yeah, I'm walking around on a bomb on my shoulder, but these guys are, are jumping out in front of cars going fifty-five miles an hour. So, you know, I, I've been a gas man the entire time that I've been. In, in fueling except for that one time of jacking the arc car a few weeks ago from Benarini Motorsports. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd probably take Gas Man over Tire Changer. I tried Tire Changer <laughs> once. That was it bad. was 20 seconds to change one, so... <laughs> yeah, your career as a Tire Changer was uh, gone yeah. dashed years ago. I'll be the tear-off guy. Oh, that's, that sounds like a great job. I mean, I wonder... Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got we got nothing else for you. We just you know thanks for thanks for coming on. And, you know, good luck. Uh, are you guys are you guys this weekend or uh, next weekend? No, we're we're leaving uh, out Friday. Uh, we're flying to uh, Kansas, and then we'll do the truck race on Friday night, the Xfinity race on Saturday, and turn around and fly home Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, we'll be watching. We'll be cheering you guys on. Man, I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having me on, and uh, we'll maybe we'll do this again sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds Absolutely. good to us. All right, guys. Thank y'all. Yep, thank, you, thank you. You have a good night, man. Yes, sir.